Hey, and welcome to another episode of This Expat Life. My name is Amanda Maxime, and I will be your coach and host for today. And as always, This Expat Life is for you if you are interested in personal development as an expat living abroad, or even back home again. And the topic for today is one that is pretty universal. It is about the importance of keeping your energy high and also how to do that. If you're following me on Instagram, you probably know that I am not having a fantastic week. I've been really struggling with my physical health. I don't know what's going on. I caught a bug or something uh, about two weeks ago and I've just not been feeling well. It feels like I'm about to get the flu or a really big cold, but it's just not coming through. So I'm always at this early stage of, you know, having a little bit of shivers and my head just feels and I feel tired and I'm just not in my best shape. And this started just before the Success Beyond Borders event that I did with Coco. And obviously there was a lot of adrenaline around that event. So I kind of pushed away the cold that I felt coming. And the days after I was also pretty busy. And then in the weekend I thought, okay, now this cold can really come. I'm welcoming it in and then it can just slowly be released again. But it kind of stayed on and I just feel like crap, if I can be honest with you. Normally, I'm pretty energetic. This has been the case since I quit my job as a diplomat and started working for myself as a coach for expats. You know, I get out of bed, happy to start my work day. I have energy in the days. I'm pretty much always in a happy mood. But this week, it hasn't been like that. Which also really sucks, by the way, because it was my first launching week for Expat Life School. I have an early bird going on this week. Uh, Until today, the episode comes out on Monday, the 25th of September. And until noon, I have a fantastic early bird offer. But I haven't been able to give as much to that launch week as I had intended to do. Which really sucks, because I'm here to make a difference. I want to help as many people as I can. And even though my intention is there... The output that I'm having right now is not what I want to have. And so as I was taking my third hot bath of this week, I was thinking about how being an entrepreneur is actually so similar to being an expat. The more and more I walk on this entrepreneur path, the more I see the similarities with expat life. I lived abroad for over seven years in various countries and in between I always returned to the Netherlands. So every couple of years I was building a whole new life from scratch. And now I'm a year and a half, almost two years into my entrepreneur journey. And it is just so similar. So starting with this week that I'm just not feeling great, as a solopreneur, I have no colleagues to cover for me. So if I cannot work, no work gets to be done. And obviously a logical consequence of that is that if I don't work, there also isn't any income. And so it's really up to me to keep my energy high to pick myself up when things aren't going great, to keep the momentum in, to keep my spirits high, to stay motivated. It is all down to me. And I realize this is actually just like with expat life. Because if you move abroad as an expat, and I'm talking more about the solo expats here, because I never moved abroad with a partner or with a family. So I always done it by myself. And I guess actually that... People who do move abroad with their partner or family will recognize a lot in what I'm going to say, but I cannot speak for those experiences. And that is that as an expert, if you move abroad, you also need to pick yourself up when things aren't going great because your inner circle is still at home. And while you can talk with them on the phone and they will probably be as supportive as they can, 
they don't really understand what you're going through unless they also lived abroad themselves. But most of the time, this isn't the case. So they will provide you with a listening ear and they will probably give you some tips, but uh, you know, often those tips don't really work or maybe you want more than a listening ear or they don't really understand the struggle that you're going through. So you don't even have that listening ear. But what I want to say is that you are basically on your own. Just like I don't have any colleagues to cover for me. You don't have your close friends uh, nearby to take care of you when things aren't going great. And of course you make new friends and it's a digital age. So not everything has to be like physical or nearby. But I think the fundament of this expat journey is that you're doing it alone. You're doing it on your own or maybe just as a family or within your relationship. But then that unity stands on its own in a way. And you need to rely a lot on yourself. This is especially when shit hits the fan, but also in small things. Just think about it. If it's Friday afternoon and you realize you haven't made any plans for the weekend yet because you don't have so many friends yet, well, tough luck. It's up to you to find new friends and to arrange plans with them. Or are there some cultural misunderstandings in the office or in your relationship and they are affecting you personally? Again, it's up to you to not take them personally and to address them and work on them. And yes, sometimes bigger things also happen. People get sick, people die, there's grief, there's heartbreak, there are burnouts, you know, it's expat life is still life. So shit will hit the van eventually. And if you need a hug, someone to hold you, again, it's up to you to find a friend that you really trust. So in expert life, you really need to take care of yourself and you need to pick yourself up when things aren't going great again and again. And this is just like with entrepreneurship. It's really the same. You know, I often show all the fun parts and how exciting and motivated I am and happy to have my own business instead of my diplomacy career. And while that is all true, there are also lows that, you know, I, I share about them on Instagram, but you don't see everything behind the scenes. And these lows also affect me. I start to doubt myself occasionally, but more about that later. But again, also as an entrepreneur, you need to pick yourself up and you need to tell yourself, okay, things will be okay. I just need to keep going or I need to ask for help or I need to change this, but it's up to you to do it. So before this all turns into a toughen up speech, this is not the perspective I want to take, but what I want to say by showing these examples is that if you want to be able to take care of yourself in the long run, and if you want to be able to pick yourself up again and again, you need to keep your energy high. Keeping your energy in good shape is essential when you are an expat or an entrepreneur, because if your energy is low, forget about it. You're not going to be able to take care of yourself in a good way. You're not going to be able to pick yourself up again and again when life asks for it. Because if you're low on energy, for example, you're much more likely to believe the crap that you're saying to yourself. Um, something that I have definitely been struggling with this week. Because when your physical energy is low, you can just wait for your mental energy to hit a low as well. They are so intertwined. So normally I feel my confident, motivated, happy, energetic, strong self, you know, when I'm just running my business and exercising and hanging out with friends. Also in weeks that things aren't going great because my physical energy is good. 
I have my mindset in top shape because I worked on it for the last few years. So if something bad happens or, you know, there's an obstacle in my way, it's okay. I can take it. I can take care of myself. I know how to pick myself up. I know how to continue. I'm still thriving even when things aren't going great. But now that my physical energy has been so low this week, I've really noticed a difference. So now when I experience an obstacle, they seem much bigger than they did before. And obviously in my normal state of being, I also have sometimes negative thoughts. So my mindset is in top shape, but that doesn't mean I'm free from negative thoughts. I just don't believe them anymore. They're not dominating. I have a good alternative. But now in this last week or two weeks with my physical energy so low, I start to believe the negative thoughts I'm saying to myself. And for full disclosure, because I want to share this so that you know you're not alone. Everyone has these kind of thoughts. This week I was really thinking, is it ever going to work out? I have this great vision for my life and for my business, but my progress has in my eyes been so slow. Is it ever going to work out the way that I want it to? I'm giving so much of myself, but the results are not where I want them to be. And so then I start asking myself, am I good enough? Maybe I'm just a failure. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Why does it seem with other people so effortlessly? And with me, it feels like a constant struggle. Now, these last few thoughts, they are pretty universal. I know a lot of people have them and maybe you have them about your expat life as well. Maybe you think, why are other people so happy here? And why does life here to me feels like a constant struggle or a failure? And maybe you make yourself smaller because you see other people shining and that just has an impact on how you feel about yourself. If that is the case, you're not alone because everyone goes through these things and I'm not an exception. So this week I really had all those thoughts about myself and I almost started believing them. And I say almost because I am so aware and conscious of how I feel and what I think that I can really stop these thoughts from spiraling into something worse. But a few years ago, I certainly wasn't at this place yet. So I was really believing those thoughts more and more and it could spiral in my head, you know. I'm a fantastic daydreamer, but it sometimes also works the negative way. So in the past, I would worry a lot and I would see all the failures instead of all the wins that I could have if I took a certain step. So going back to the energy, when your physical energy is low, you're much more likely to give all this mental crap that you give yourself as well. And you want to stop there because it's not going to serve you. It will just keep you small. It will keep you stuck. It will make you stay in your comfort zone. Those vibes are really not here to help you. So you need to break those patterns if you are slowly spiraling uh, with your thoughts. But if your physical energy is low, you're also much more likely to give up your health routine if you had one. So I was working out three, four, five times a week over the last few months. But this week I haven't exercised at all because I just felt so crappy. Like there's no way I could run right now or do some other sort of exercise. So I did a lot of walking and cycling, which is pretty normal in the Netherlands, but not the usual high intensity or cardio training that I do. So your health routine takes a hit as well. 
but there could be other things. I know for myself that if I'm physically or emotionally not feeling well, I have a tendency to isolate myself. I'd much rather cocoon in my house than to see anyone else, even though meeting up with good friends also gives me energy. So I know this about myself now. So whenever I feel like crap, I really make an effort to hang out with friends that I can totally be myself with because I know I need it. Because from isolation, I'm definitely not going to feel better. Maybe you also stop doing exciting things outside of your comfort zone because you're not feeling like it. So yesterday I was supposed to go to a Brazilian samba concert in Rotterdam, but yeah, there was no way I could go there. I was just exhausted after a day out uh, going to my hometown. And so I canceled on my friends. I felt pretty bad about it, but uh, I just didn't have the energy to be with hundreds of people in a, in a closed place and dance all night long. So, okay, that is not really outside of my comfort zone because I've done it more often, obviously. But when your physical energy is low, you tend to undertake fewer things, obviously. And living outside of your comfort zone is good because it helps you grow and you get to see so many more things of life, of the world, of yourself. And this is what you need to have in your life. Not all the time, obviously. We have highs and lows. They come and go. But you don't want your physical energy to be super low for a long time because your comfort zone will stay the same or it will get smaller. And if you're on this track of believing the crap about yourself and giving up your health routine or um, a morning routine to keep your sanity and you stop doing things outside of your comfort zone and you start to isolate yourself, ultimately, if you continue like this for a couple of months, you're going to have a life you're not going to be happy with. I've seen this with myself when I was grieving about my parents, when I was almost in a burnout. I've seen it with friends who were in burnouts. It is very obvious that you need to take a break and that you need to stop and take care of your energy. But if you tend to stay in this small space for a long time, life also gets a little bit less exciting. Coming out of a burnout is hard, not only because you have to rebuild your energy, but also because everything all of a sudden seems to be much more of an obstacle than it was before. Because when you're high on life, you can do anything. But when you're low on life, low on energy, things seem a lot scarier. You're less likely to take risks or again, to do something out of your comfort zone. But yeah, that comfort zone is not going to have you thriving. So. This is a long introduction to say that your energy is key as an expat. But then the obvious question is how to keep your energy high? Well, first, let me start by saying that I see four types of energy. For me, it's not just about physical energy. That is one thing, physical energy, which for me is all about nutrition, sleep, exercise, etc. But then I also see mental energy and I already touched upon it, but that is your mindset, how you talk to yourself, positivity, having no stress, being creative and all that kind of stuff. Really your mental energy, how you talk to yourself. Then I also see emotional energy and this is really about are your emotions in balance, uh, as in are you not sad all the time or overexcited all the time? There needs to be a good balance, I think. Do you also give enough space for your emotions? I think this is the number one thing that high achieving expats need to work on because they're so focused on their rational brain and solving things and analyzing situations that they kind of forget to open space for whatever they are feeling. 
most of us tend to push our emotions away, but that's really repressing it. And that, if you do that long enough, it can make you feel pretty flat. So I think it's super important to open space for everything that you're feeling and to welcome and accept those feelings. And I think emotional energy is also really about having enough joy and excitement in your life and especially joy. Because I feel in, in our Western society, we kind of forget that we're here on earth to experience joy. We're not here on earth to only work and to only worry and to only be serious. And I say this while I'm also personally not the most joyous person. I have enough to worry about or to be serious about all the time. But joy is so important. And I will talk about this later on. And the last one is spiritual energy. And this for me, and you can have your own take on it, but it's all about fulfillment, having a higher calling, living up to your potential, maybe also tapping into universal energy or religion or something else that gives you hope and strength. Something that is bigger than just us, than you as an individual or us as a society. It's something bigger. So whenever I notice that my energy overall seems to be pretty low, the first step that I take is that I assess, okay, what kind of energy am I particularly lacking now? And obviously they all affect each other. If you're sleeping badly for a longer period of time, you will probably also have more negative emotions or stress will hit you harder or you're more prone to these negative voices inside of you. And also, if you're not doing a job that you like, then this will hit your daily physical and mental energy as well, as I experienced myself when I was still in my diplomacy career. From Monday to Friday, I was just so tired and I didn't feel like waking up and I had all these inner critical voices going on all the time. So that is the first step. Identify what energy you are particularly lacking. So while they all affect each other, there's probably one area, one type of energy that is more lacking than the others or that has an effect on the other types of energy. So my first step is always to identify, okay, what energy am I particularly lacking? Because once you know what is the root cause, you can also have a more targeted solution to increase your energy again. And that is my second step. So in my case this week, clearly my physical energy is the root cause. I need to focus my attention on this area. So what I'm really focusing on is sleep, rest, healthy food, hot baths, <laughs> um, supplements, you know, that kind of stuff. The exercise, I make sure I go outside every day and I, I move my body, but I don't push my body so much right now. And that is okay for me, but I'm really focusing on that this week. But about two months ago, when my heart was just so broken after my breakup, I was really focusing on just making space for all my emotions. And these emotions are not nice to feel, but I knew that it was really key to do so. So I really consciously welcomed them in, even when it was just so painful. I was like, okay, this is part of the process and I need to go through it. So I'm going to make space in my life right now for these emotions. So I clear my calendar a little bit and I really allowed myself to do less work and that these emotions were having an impact on my life. I just accepted that. So two months ago, I was really focused on my emotional energy. But then a couple of years ago, when my diplomacy job drained me so much, I really worked on that area of my energy by fixing the root cause. And that was to quit my job. 
because I try to take little steps already, work a tiny bit less, try to increase my motivation, have some hobbies on the side, but it just didn't work. I knew the root cause was really in this spiritual realm of my energy and I knew I had to change it there, so I did. So if you know what energy you're really lacking, you also know what you can do about it. If it's physical, work on the physical part. If it's mental, work on the mental part. If it's emotional, work on your emotions. And if it's spiritual, do something bigger, make a bigger move. So don't compensate for a draining job with sleeping pills or going to bed earlier if you're tired from Monday to Friday, like I was doing initially. It simply won't solve the issue. You need to really work on the root cause. And sometimes you may not know where the root cause really lies. Sometimes you think it is about your mental energy or your physical energy, but actually it's really about your emotions, something that you haven't dealt with in the past, for example. And this is when a coach can be really helpful. Okay, and then my third step, although I say steps, but actually it's, it's just about elements because this third element is one that I do every day, regardless of how high or low my energy is. And that is that I take care of my non-negotiables. No matter what's going on, I try to include them in my daily life. So one non-negotiable for me, for example, is exercise. Although I have to admit, this is also the trickiest one for me to have in my life. So as you can see this week already, I didn't exercise at all. And also in periods of stress, Exercise used to be one of the first things that I took out of my calendar. And this is really the opposite of what you should be doing, because if you're super stressed, you need to make sure that your physical energy at least is also high or that it can take the stress in a way you need to take care of yourself physically as well. So yeah, I used to struggle with that a lot. So in times of stress before I would maybe exercise once, perhaps twice a week and not the three, four or five times that I've been doing lately. So exercise is one. Then another non-negotiable that I have is time for myself. I really need that. Um, it doesn't matter where I am, what I do in terms of careers or whatever is going on, I need time for myself. So when I was a diplomat, I often had uh, receptions in the evening and then also activities with friends and perhaps a trip. And then during the day, there were lots of meetings. So there was a lot of time with other people and I am not an extrovert. I'm also not an introvert. I'm somewhere in between, but I tend to go more to the introvert side. And especially when things aren't going well, I just want to be on my own to recharge my battery. So in my previous career as a diplomat, sometimes I had incredibly busy weeks and every evening would be filled with something. And then the weekends would be spent away or there was business travel. And I always saw those weeks in advance in my calendar and I thought, okay, I can handle it. I can do it. I just need to take care of myself. But then as the week came in progress, I realized, oh, this is too much. I need time for myself. And I would just cancel. I just wouldn't go to the reception or maybe I would just show my face for half an hour and that was it. But most of the time I just canceled. And also with friends, if I don't feel good or I'm, I feel overwhelmed or my battery is low, I take a rain check. I have zero problems saying that to my friends. I'm not a people pleaser. You know, there are people 
who feel like, oh, I said yes, so I have to do it. Like, I cannot let the other person down. That's not me. I will feel bad about it for sure. Uh, yesterday, I canceled on my friends. I felt guilty about it. But it doesn't stop me from saying no, because I know I need it. So if you are a bit of a people pleaser, this is one thing you want to focus on. You want to learn how to respect your own boundaries more. I mean, respect them to yourself and learn to say no to others when you are really not feeling like it. And then another non-negotiable that I have is that I keep my vision so clear. I have my dot on the horizon. I know exactly where I'm going to. And this part has really been a game changer for me for the last few years. Because ever since I really allowed myself to dream bigger and to believe in my dreams, to believe that they were possible for me and to stop letting me be kept in my own comfort zone or my own limitations, I felt this energy going through me and it's been my driver for everything that I've been doing. So even on days when my physical energy or my emotional energy is low, like after my mom passed away last year, for example, or in my breakup, I always felt this fire burning inside of me, knowing where I wanted to go. And that kept me going, that boosted my energy. So I make an effort actually almost daily now, to really focus on the future me, where I'm going to. I visualize that so I can really feel it. You know, your brain doesn't really know the difference between what's real and what is made up. So use it to your advantage, you know, start visualizing yourself. If you spend a lot of time worrying about things, please use that energy for something positive because you can do great things with it. And the fourth non-negotiable is that I keep my mindset in check. As I said, I spent the last few years really working on my mindset. It wasn't fantastic. If I look at myself like five, six years ago, or maybe a little bit longer, you know, I didn't believe that I was really good enough. I was always worried, you know, I definitely had an imposter syndrome. I was always worried when people would find out that actually I wasn't good at all. I was worried I was going to fail. I never believed that bigger things were possible for me. I didn't see my worth in a way. And I really spent the last few years working on my mindset. I started with this process when I lived in Brazil and I had a lot of space in my expat life. And I read a lot of books, did some courses. And then obviously my coaching training, I also learned what was behind all those thoughts. So the real cause of it. Um, and I really worked a lot on myself to slowly, very slowly change that. So I really keep my mindset in check. And practically, this looks like... So let's take this week as an example. I had my first sale for Expat Life School right as the doors opened. So that made me really happy. But then the next day it stayed quiet. And then I started blaming myself because I'm not feeling well. I hadn't prepared this launch well enough. Um... And then, you know, it spiraled slowly into, is my course even good enough, etc. You know how this goes. Everyone has it. And so I stopped myself right there. I said, no, you're not going that way. Your course is amazing. Dozens of people have taken the course already. You've only had fantastic feedback. It has made a real impact on people's lives. There's zero ground to believe that your course isn't good enough. So I really have an alternative for those negative thoughts. I'm super conscious of those thoughts. So I can put that alternative in right away. And instead of blaming myself for not feeling well, I say, you know, things happen. Uh, viruses happen. It is normal. Everyone is sick in the Netherlands right now. It's okay. You can't do anything about it. Plus, 
I have a long-term perspective. So if I look at my vision, one week is not going to make the difference in a good or bad way. So it doesn't really matter how I feel right now. I will do as much as I can and that is good enough. So I really have positive and kind thoughts to replace the negative ones that often come up when you're feeling low. Now, these are my non-negotiables and your non-negotiables could look very, very differently. Because if you are an extrovert, for example, having so much time alone will kill you. <laughs> I mean, this is not good. If you're an extrovert, to recharge your battery, you need to be with people, not be alone. So really have a look at, okay, what are my non-negotiables? What do I need to thrive daily in my life? What can I not live without? And... Um, I guess this happens to a lot of women and moms perhaps, but a lot of you may feel guilty like, oh, but I need to take care of other people or I need to do this. I have responsibilities at work, but I want you to be a little bit selfish with your non-negotiables because it's just like on the plane. If the oxygen levels drop, you first need to place your own mask and then place the mask on your kid or whoever else you want to help. You first need to take care of yourself. And I believe this is the same for your energy because you cannot give and give and give if your own battery is operating on a low all the time. The more you can thrive, the more you can help others to thrive as well. So focus on recharging your battery. So what are your non-negotiables? It could be something small, like starting your day with 10 minutes for yourself in meditation or journaling. Or it could be a run three times a week to clear your head. Or maybe you just need to dance it out every day with a song, you know? It can be small things, but really have a look at what you need in your life and start including them in your day. Okay, and then the fourth element, that those are my add-ons, as I would say. I try to add on a few things to really help me boost my energy and my mood. So one is joy. I already mentioned it. I really try to make joy a priority. I used to be that super serious, hardworking girl who didn't even allow herself time off on the weekends just to relax. I always felt like even the weekends had to be spent productively. So then I would work on a photography course or I don't know, do something, work on my side hustle. And I have to admit, here I am on a Sunday also recording this episode. Um, but I really changed over the last few years and I really started to allow myself to experience joy just for the sake of it. I really believe that we do not have enough joy in our busy Western lives. We are so busy working, being on all the time with our phones in our hands. We need to take care of other people. We fill our lives with social activities and other things we have to do. But joy isn't always one of them. So what brings you joy? Allow yourself, bring it into your life. It can be something small, like working from a cafe instead of the office. Like uh, last week, I, you know, I pay for a co-working space, but I just felt like, oh, I want to change my environment. I want to be elsewhere. So I, I thought I'm just going to work from a cafe. It's something small, but it brought me so much joy that day. Maybe it's a small bouquet of flowers or a big bouquet, whatever you want. Joy gives energy, so don't feel guilty about including it in your life. Joy is a fantastic kind of vibe, a vibe you want to be in, a vibe that naturally boosts your energy. So include it in your life. And especially when shit hits the van, you want to fill your happiness cup. So fill it with daily joy. And something else that I do when my energy is low is that I ask myself, how can I make this easy? 
or depending on my mood, how can I make this more fun or how can I make this lighter? Often we are so stuck in certain ways of thinking, in processes that we have, in our tunnel vision. We feel, oh, but this is the only way that it's possible or this is how it's always been done or this is what I have to do that we don't see that there is much more possible than you think. So in the last week, as I was launching Expat Life School and I realized that I couldn't give as much as I had wanted to, I asked myself, okay, how can I make this launch easier for myself? Do I have to do the 20 things that I had planned? No, no one is asking me to do this. I have results that I'm striving to and an intention that I wanna have. And I would love to have a big group of people in my course, but ultimately the only thing that matters is that I give value to those that are in. So with that goal, how can I make this whole process easier for myself now that I'm not feeling great? What can I still do that will ensure I will give value to those that are in and will excite people to step in? And I've said it before, but the quality of your life is really determined by the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. One example is when shit hits the fan, we often ask ourselves, why is this happening to me? But what you should really be asking yourself is why is this happening for me? It gives a whole different perspective on everything that's going on. When my mom died last year, which was just two years after my dad had died, my first, well, not my first, but one of my first reactions was like, oh no, not again. Why is this all happening to me? And when I asked myself the other question, why is this happening for me? I just felt a lot lighter and I felt it was almost like a more spiritual perspective on it. And I felt, okay, apparently I have to go through this because I can then help other people with my experience. And this changed everything for me. The pain was still there, but I felt a much higher calling in a way. So generally start asking yourself better questions that will really help you with a more constructive perspective. But in the case when your energy is low, really ask yourself, how can I make this easier, lighter or more fun for myself? And expanding on that, one other element that I think is super important is that you need to give up your resistance. So I felt a lot of resistance this week for me not feeling great. Um, I thought, you know, I've given it a couple of days already. Uh, normally I'm totally over by it. You know, I don't have calls that last forever and ever. And I just wondered like, why isn't it going away? I don't want to feel this way. I want to work harder. I want to get my results in. And I realized that this resistance really wasn't working well for me because resistance ultimately is about not accepting what is there. And I always say that you need to accept everything that is there already. So with emotions that are coming in, so many of us push them away because they don't want to feel them. But then what you're actually doing is that you're giving so much power and so much energy on something that is there already anyway. It's not going away by you pushing it away. You just feel it a little bit less in the moment, but in the long term, you know, it will take so much of your energy. And resistance is just like that. Resistance in my case was, I don't want to accept that I'm feeling like shit this week. So the moment I gave up my resistance, I also felt a lot more or less weight on my shoulders. Actually, it was more like, okay, it is what it is and I cannot change anything about it. I'm just going to welcome it in. 
Another element that I like to add is self-compassion. Self-compassion is key. And just like with joy, I believe that we do not have enough of it. So when you ask yourself better questions or you give yourself uh, alternative positive thoughts, really be compassionate with yourself. Be kind to yourself. We're often so harsh on ourselves already. So in my case this week, that looked like telling myself, okay, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon, you know, a week is not going to change anything. Take your time to get better, things will be okay. Super self-compassionate. Something else that I do when my energy is low is that I focus on the here and now. And I have to say, I focus on this also when my energy is high. Because actually this is a trap that we all fall into. So often we think that when I have X, then I'll be happy, relaxed, at home, whatever. So we think, okay, when I have more money, I can finally take that sabbatical and really do what I love, like traveling. Or when I finally have a baby, then I will feel stability or I feel like I belong. Or, and actually this is one that I hear very often, when I have more time, I will start doing the coaching and start sorting out all those childhood issues that I carry with me. But this is a trap because every time that we put a condition on something, we give our power away to something external, to something in the future. And what happens is that the moment that we actually achieve it, our mind is already so used to being so focused on the future and on something else that we will have identified something new to work on, to strive towards, which means we're never really fully happy in the here and now or content or whatever feeling you're trying to chase. So if you're feeling low on energy and you have these thoughts like, okay, now is not the right time because I don't have money or time or energy. Ask yourself, what is the feeling that I'm hoping to get? And how can I add this to the here and now already? If you want to learn more about this, then you should really join Expat Life School because I go in depth about this part of embodying what you want to have already. And then the final element when my energy is low is that I do something good for someone else. Doing good for the world is the ultimate energy giver, in my opinion. A couple of days ago, I had a coaching session and that day I was really debating if I should call in sick because I wasn't feeling so great. And I thought I'm not 100% sharp in a way, so I'm not sure if I should do the coaching. But because I've coached quite a lot already, I've coached over 70 globetrotters, I also know that when my physical energy is a bit low... Actually, my coaching often gets better because I'm less in my mind, less in my head, and I'm more in the here and now with my body and my emotions. There are less barriers for me also. And whenever I'm more present, it's also when I coach better. So I said to myself, no, I'm going to do this uh, coaching session. And actually, it turned out to be a fantastic, beautiful, eye-opening session for both the coachee and for me. We did beautiful uh, constellation work, which was very, very emotional. And which really helped my coachee to... Yeah, to unlock a deeper level within herself. And and as I left the building where I always coach, I was full of energy. I was really feeling it all. And this is always the case whenever I do something 
good for someone else, it gives me energy as well. Because people love to help. People love to be of service for someone else. So if you're feeling super low, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, ask yourself, how can I be of service today? Who can I help? So that was the final add-on that I sprinkle on my life when my energy is low. And this is also the final element that I do. So just to recap, there are four elements. I said steps before, but I really meant elements. And that the first one is to identify what type of energy I'm particularly lacking. The second element is to really then have a targeted approach or solution to it. So really address the root cause or work on the right type of energy and uh, don't just think like, okay, I'm feeling tired, then I just must sleep longer. No. So if something else is causing you to not sleep well, focus on that. The third element is that I always have my non-negotiables in place, no matter what is going on. And the fourth element are my add-ons that I include when my energy is low, like self-compassion, asking yourself better questions, uh, focusing on the here and now and doing something good for someone else. I hope these elements are useful for you. I know at least in the Netherlands, so many people are sick right now. Everyone is coughing. They have a cold, they have the flu, they have COVID, they have something else. It's because the school started a couple of weeks ago. So now everyone has different bugs and viruses going on. And I know also from uh, speaking to people on Instagram that a lot of people recognize this low energy that I've been feeling this week. So I really hope that these elements can help you with boosting your energy. And I just want to highlight once again that if you want to be thriving, keeping your energy in good shape is essential no matter where you are. As an expat, you not only need to pick yourself up when things aren't going great, but actually constructing that life abroad also takes a lot of energy. You need to build a whole new social circle. You need to find your way around. There's paperwork. There's overwhelm in general. You need to learn a new language. Perhaps you're already thinking in another language. It takes a lot of energy. And even when you are more settled, expat life still takes energy. I remember from my years in Brazil, after one or two years, I was definitely settled there. But in my third year, living that local life took energy. I was thinking in three languages all the time. I had to engage with a culture that was so different than mine. If you listen to the episodes with Coco Hoffs, you know what I talk about. She's an expert on overcoming cultural differences and the differences between the Dutch and the Brazilian culture are huge. And it's those little things throughout the day that really ask so much energy. You know, and people back home who stay in their comfort zone all the time, in the, they're known in a way, they don't have to deal with that. But in your case, it eats and eats your energy. So you want to make sure that you also replenish your energy in a way. And if you are interested in boosting your energy and you want to learn more about how you can do that and also about what you can do to really thrive abroad, then my signature course, Expat Life School, is for you. In Expat Life School, I teach you how to thrive abroad in just four months. And it is an online course with seven modules and 40 videos with more than three hours of content that you can do entirely at your own pace. All about mindsets, creating your dream life, relationships, boosting your energy, friendships, uh, what to do when the going gets tough, dealing with an uncertain future, and so much more. And while this is an online course, 
and you have access to it for a year, this next round comes with a more intensive community period of four months. So in those four months, we're really going on a journey together, me and your fellow expats, to ensure a real change in your life because I'm really committed to making a change. I don't want to just hand you all my knowledge and expertise and tips and say, okay, here you go. Good luck with it. No, I really want to walk this path with you and make sure that by the end of our four months together, you are thriving and you've made a real change in your life. And we do this in five online group sessions that I will host in those four months together, which each have a theme. And in those group sessions, we will dive more into some of those course topics. I will do really cool coaching exercises with you. And there will also be enough time for all your questions that you have about expat life or personal growth. And to me, these group sessions is really where all the magic happens. So the previous expat life schoolers all loved these group sessions. But I know from experience that real change happens in daily life, not in coaching sessions or in group sessions where you can get a lot of beautiful insights, but making a change is really about taking different kind of action in your daily life. So that's why there will also be a private Instagram account just for the group of Expert Life School, where I will share extra content, but in a way that feels super easy and natural to you. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I share a lot of stories there already and it will be exactly like that. So that you don't always have to sit behind your laptop or computer for the group sessions or to take notes when you go through the video content of the course. No, as you are cooking and you're scrolling on your phone, you see content of me on your feed, which is a really easy way to learn about new things or just to remind you of things that I said in the course. And that will also be the place where you can ask your questions and get more inspiration. I will share book recommendations and stuff like that. So it's going to be really fun inside that Instagram community. And if you listen to my last episode, then you already know this, but this round of Expat Life School will also be the last round with this intensive community period. It's time for Expat Life School to become a more grown up course in a way. And I'm going to offer it as an evergreen, meaning that you can buy the course whenever you want uh, and you can start whenever you want, but it will be more passive. So it won't come with such an intensive community and these focused four months together. This will all take place early next year. So for now, this is the last community round, which will start on the 16th of October and it will run until the 16th of February which also overlaps with my own move to Rio. So I cannot wait to share my own lessons learned with the community in Expat Life School. And if you're real quick and you're listening to this episode now, there is still an early bird bonus going on, which comes with a huge discount and also one-to-one -one support from me throughout those four months together to really make sure that your growth goes times 10 during Expat Life School. I will include the link in the show notes. And if you want to join Expert Life School, I would love to welcome you. The group is forming fabulously already. And just like last year, it looks like a very promising group that is really keen on growing together in their journey across the world. So if you want to join your new tribe, come on in. We are waiting for you. And if you have any questions about Expert Life School, just send me a message and I will respond ASAP. Okay, lovely you. That is it for now. I wish you a fabulous day wherever you are. See you next time.